Welcome to the Travel Squad Podcast, where adventure meets inspiration. We're your hosts. I'm Brittany. I'm Kim. And I'm Jamal. Together, we explore international destinations, hike epic national parks, and share unforgettable travel experiences with you, one passport stamp at a time. Our mission is to inspire you to travel by showing you how you can make it work no matter your budget, schedule, or experience level. We bring you along so that you can laugh, get excited, and start planning your own trip. So grab your ticket and your passport. And don't forget your travel insurance. And get ready to embark on a new adventure with us around the globe. Hello, fellow travelers. Hey, squaddies. Welcome to this week's episode of the Travel Squad podcast. Today, we're giving you the download on Mardi Gras in New Orleans. Super excited for this episode. I've heard a lot of people talk about Mardi Gras, and I actually have never been. So pretty exciting that you have been, Kim. But it just seems like a wild, fun event. And I think there's a lot of misconceptions about Mardi Gras, too, that you're going to dive into. So can't wait to talk about that. New Orleans, the only time Jamal and I have actually been was when I was, I want to say it was like 19 or 20. I wasn't even 21 yet. And I got snuck in to a strip club while I was there. The lady at the door was like, just don't say your age and Jamal just buy the drinks. So we kind of just like snuck it in and we were only there for a very short amount of time, like two or three days. But we are actually going back to New Orleans in February. So I can't wait to hear about this episode and see what I can incorporate from this episode into that trip. So when you all go in February, then it might be prime time for Mardi Gras. So this episode is for you two today. Yeah, I'm really excited about it. I'm really excited to deep dive into this episode. One, to get the tips. Two, we're going to be there next month. It may just be kind of getting started in terms of the festivities. But like Brittany said, you know, there's probably a lot of misconceptions about it, but it just seems, she didn't use this term, but like a giant party. But at the same time, it's really kind of a social event. And, you know, last year we had gone to Oktoberfest and I feel that was kind of really the same way. You know, people see it as a giant party and it is, but it's honestly a world party. And I feel like that kind of goes on here in Mardi Gras in Louisiana. Yes, probably more Americans are there, but people from all over the world come to partake in this event. And remind me again, Kim, how long has it been? What year did you go to Mardi Gras? Earlier 2023. Oh, so just the previous year's Mardi Gras then. I love it. That's right. So you're right that it's it's got a bad rap for being this party place, this everyone's going to be flashing their titties around, and that's all it is. I was so surprised at what it's actually like. And just to give you a feel for it, the parades are a huge, huge part of Mardi Gras. Bead throwing does happen, but I think I saw one person flash on Bourbon Street out of all of the parades and all of the beads. It's a huge family-friendly event. There's kids everywhere. You know, depending on which parade you're at, which time of day you're at, it can be extremely family-friendly. Was that person who flashed you, Kim, or was it somebody else? No, it wasn't me. (laughs) (laughs) No, I know, and you hear that misconception, and I'm actually glad that you really said that because... You know, yeah, it can get wild, and I'm sure it probably was in some areas. And just kind of like as a good little flashback to what I just said about Oktoberfest. While we were there, I happened to see this one posting of somebody who was like, things I'm seeing at Oktoberfest. And it was complete debauchery. And I'm just like, I'm here 
and I'm not seeing this. So that's not to say that you can't come across it, but I'm really glad to hear that you say it's family friendly. It's not really like what people say it is. Yes, it can happen, but that's not the mainstay of it all. You know what's funny? You said it was family friendly and I didn't peg it as a family friendly event or location, but you, you probably wouldn't say that about Oktoberfest in Germany. And it was during the day for sure. And another like big misconception too is like Vegas isn't family friendly and it's only there for like the nightlife and whatnot. Yeah. But Vegas is actually a very family friendly destination. So interesting to see like these places or events that you think of as like wild and crazy, but actually are could be a little tamer than we originally thought and like could be a lot of fun for families. Well, not even more tame, have a hint of culture and reason behind it because there's a story of why there is Mardi Gras. There's a story of why there is Oktoberfest and all these sorts of things. So I'm really excited for us to kind of dive into that and for you to be our guide on this one, Kim. Why don't you start us off with some tips about Mardi Gras, Kim? It's only appropriate to hit the tip first for Mardi Gras. Tip number one, book early. I booked probably, you know, four months before and I was still able to find a good Airbnb at a good price, good location. But the earlier you book, the more options you're going to have to get a hotel or an Airbnb closer to where you want to stay and also restaurant reservations. Book those as early as possible, especially if you're going with a bigger group. Just really get on that. Another tip is to bring a backpack or a tote bag. You're going to be going to these parades at the Mardi Gras Festival and a lot of stuff is thrown out. It's not just beads. I thought it was, but there's coins, plush toys, tons and tons of beads. I've even seen like pop sockets and little uh, light attachments for your phone get thrown out. Every parade has a little thing that it throws out in their coveted prizes and you need something to put it all in. Of course, your backpack also helps with if you're, you know, got a drink, you want to save a couple drinks in your backpack as you're walking around. That's really good too, which is actually another great tip is you can drink open container in New Orleans. This is all year round, it applies. So you can go into a daiquiri shop that is a dime a dozen in New Orleans and pick up a frozen daiquiri and walk around with it. You can go to the convenience store, buy a few drinks, and then post up at the parade and open them and drink them as you do. You're totally free in New Orleans and especially at Mardi Gras. It's just the vibes are so high and that's just an awesome part about it. You know, most people don't really realize that. Of course, we mentioned Vegas earlier. Everyone knows you could really do that in Vegas. We've had the Savannah episode. We talked about how awesome Savannah was. Open container. You could just walk and drink. Like you said, New Orleans is one of those cities too year round that is like that. And as Brittany said earlier... We went before she was 21, and I have a really special favorite photograph of Brittany from our time in New Orleans, where I got her a beer, and it's a huge-ass beer, and guess what? The cup says huge-ass beer on it, and she has this big smile, and she's holding it in the middle of French Quarter, and that's kind of like one of my favorite photos of Brittany, but just since you mentioned... Uh, the open container, I had to retell that story. I think we actually got one of those big-ass beers when we were there. They're yeah, huge. they still up at you dress beers cups. I love it. Yeah. And I definitely got a daiquiri while I was there. I uh, <laughs> love the daiquiris. <laughs> 
And then, you know, for everything good that's happening there, you know, there's going to be a lot of people. It brings in a lot of tourists. The whole town turns up for the carnival. So with that, just make sure to watch your stuff. Any time of year in New Orleans, there are scammers, there is theft, but especially during Mardi Gras when there's even more people. Watch your phone, watch your purse, watch your wallet. We went with the group of, let's see, there was probably seven of us and three people had stuff stolen phones, wallets, that kind of a thing. So it does happen. You are drinking. Make sure to watch your watch your stuff and don't trust people. I've heard of one scam, a girl on TikTok who lives there who's a fantastic resource for all things Mardi Gras. She was saying there's a scam where people will come up and start asking you about your shoes. And then it, it's just basically a distraction tactic to steal something from you. So stay aware. Funny enough that you said that because, of course, the time that we went, it was not during Mardi Gras. And me and Brittany went out to go eat dinner in Fringe Quarter. And as we're walking back, somebody started talking to me about my shoes. But I don't think it was a distraction to steal anything from me. But it was almost a start of a scam. Like he was about to shoe shine it. And once they start, they're going to be adamant. Like, I want my money. Like, I performed a service and stuff like that. So it's one of those things. Sometimes you want to be a nice human being. If somebody engages you, kind of say something. But Anytime you're in a touristy area, I feel like you should be mindful of your surroundings and even more so in a place like New Orleans and especially when you've been drinking. Mm -hmm. But be stay mindful and just enjoy it. It's going to be really, really fun. Yeah, it definitely sounds really fun. And I think one of the things that we've heard about Mardi Gras is, is like it's all about Fat Tuesday. And I think that's like one thing I learned that it's not just about Fat Tuesday and that Mardi Gras is actually a little bit of like a festival season. Yes. Thank you for bringing that up because I didn't know that either until I was midway planning my trip to Mardi Gras last year. So I booked it for sometime in February and Fat Tuesday this year happened to fall in March. And I was like, man, we're not going to be there for Mardi Gras. That's a bummer. I've always wanted to go. But then after doing research, I discovered Mardi Gras actually begins on January 6th and it goes until Fat Tuesday, which is the day before Ash Wednesday. And every year that changes based on when Easter is. So it could be March, could be April. So it's actually a very long carnival season and there's parades constantly. Like the city is in a party for this whole time. Well, Fat Tuesday this year ends on February 13th. Oh, okay. So it's going to be a little shorter this year. And I think Fat Tuesday would be a great day to go. It's obviously the biggest day. There's the most parades, the most amount of people, the most expensive and and so you you really do need to plan early for that. But Fat Tuesday is the day of indulgence. It's why it is so crazy on that day. And at midnight, that's really when Lent begins. And so there's this really cool ceremonious sweep that they do in the French Quarter in down Bourbon Street, where right at midnight, all the police go through the streets, clearing everyone out, sweeping, because now you've indulged and you're supposed to give something up for Lent and maybe that's food, maybe that's alcohol, whatever. So it's a really cool thing to be able to see the police sweep. Some bars will ceremoniously close as well, but in New Orleans bars, I don't even know if they do close, but at the very least they're closing like 4, 5, 6 a.m. So I think a lot of them do reopen after this ceremonious close, but would be a really, really cool thing to see if you're there for Fat Tuesday. When you were there for Mardi Gras, were you there on Fat Tuesday? No, we didn't. We were actually a couple of weeks early, but it was still so fun. We saw tons of parades. 
everyone's dressed up, there's tons of people there, celebration was high. You would really have a good time even if you don't go on Fat Tuesday. So when you said in the tip section earlier to plan and make reservations early, of course it starts January 6th, as you said, you really need to find out when Lent and Ash Wednesday starts, that way you know that kind of when the end. But realistically, any time in that time frame, someone's bound to have a good time and see parades then. Absolutely. And if you're not someone that loves crowds or intense craziness, I would maybe recommend not going on Fat Tuesday because it's still going to be busy and crazy. And New Orleans kind of always is, but you'll still get the festivities without the insanity of Fat Tuesday. When you were there, did you get a little history lesson on the history, of course, of Mardi Gras and how it came into an existence or anything like that? I wish I could tell you I did, Jamal, but you're the historian here, not me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, it's one of those things that I knew, of course, Mardi Gras goes on, but I never knew the origin story of it. But of course, here it is, that main day of debauchery happening on the day before Ash Wednesday and Lent when you're supposed to give something up. So it, it originally stems all the way back. They can trace origins of when something occurred for Mardi Gras in Louisiana all the way back to the year 1699, believe it or not. And then they would have events uh, here and there every year. It's not really known when the center of it really came to New Orleans, but they know around like the mid 1800s to late is when it started to officially get organized, have uh, committees and things like that, work with the city government be like, yes, we're hosting these annual events start the parades, and that's where the the crews came into place, right? And by crew, it's spelled K-R-E-W-E, but there are a whole bunch of organizations that throw on these parades, right? So one crew throws on one parade one day, another one another day, and it just kind of became this one thing. Um, But it stems originally from 1699, some sort of religious ceremony or festivity that has now come to be like, let's let it all out before Lent, you know, and we got to give something up. (laughs) And there's more to it than that, but that's kind of it in a nutshell, really. Yeah, and I think New Orleans gets the biggest reputation for uh, Mardi Gras, but there's Mardi Gras festivals all over. And in the greater vicinity of this region of the country, there's also really, really big festivals like Galveston, Texas has a really big one. Mobile, Alabama has a really big one and arguably is the origin of it here in the U.S., according to them. So it's it's big, and it definitely took over this part of the country. Well, speaking of the parades, how do you watch it? Do you know if they all consistently have the same route? Does it start in Fringe Quarter and end outside of it, start outside, end in it? Because if no one's been to New Orleans, Fringe Quarter, yes, it's several city blocks by several city blocks. But for that many people that are there, you can't just have an parade confined to there. So where's the best place to view them and where do they start? Where do they end? Or is it all different depending on the day? So you're right that the French Quarter is too small to hold them. And it used to be mostly just in the French Quarter and Bourbon Street, but the crews and the parades started getting bigger and bigger and bigger and taller and taller, and they couldn't fit down those streets anymore. So it actually does not go down Bourbon Street when you have the big floats. There are some walking parades that still go down that way. Like there was a pet one on that Sunday that I was there that was really cute and all the pets were dressed up and it went down Bourbon Street. But I would recommend going to the website MardiGrasNewOrleans.com. They have a whole parade schedule and I was referring to this constantly when planning and when we were there. 
it tells you every day what parades are happening, what crews they are, and the the route that they take. So they're all over the city. There might be one, you know, northwest, southeast. They they happen all over. Some of them are back to back, so you could sit and watch the parade and you see several crews go by. Just depends on the day. The weekends leading up to it are a little more popular than the weekdays. And then obviously on Fat Tuesday, there's a ton of them. So definitely refer to that schedule. You can learn a little bit more about the crew. Maybe from there, do a little more research and see what they might be throwing out because that could appeal. I know there's one crew that that every year they make these little high heel trinket and they're decorated really cute. The crew gets together before to do the decorating and then they throw them out during the parade. So those are like highly coveted items that people want to get. So depending on what's, what's there, what you want to see, you can go check out different crews. And that being said too, will help you determine where you want to stay in the city. French Quarter is going to be a great place to stay, but if there's certain parades that you know you want to see, or maybe you're going with family and some are more family friendly than others, you can stay closer to there to see those. What was your favorite trinket that you got from one of the parades? Probably like little plush toys that were just cute and fun. Well, when you say plush toys, what do you mean? Because I'm trying to envision Little stuffed animals, like think Beanie Baby type things that were just cute. Yeah. Very nice. And was your Airbnb in French Quarter? It was. It was a slight walk from Bourbon Street, I would say about three blocks. So it was a perfect location, really. And there was two bedrooms, no, three bedrooms. And there was four of us staying there. It wasn't bad, like, price-wise either. I think each of us paid 300 So we're looking at, like, 1200 for two nights, was it? Two or three nights that we were there. So it really wasn't outrageous. And that was another thing that I was pretty surprised by is the pricing of things. I thought things would be a lot more expensive to go to this and wasn't that bad. Did you guys look as a possibility into hotels to see what a hotel rate was per night at that time? Or just because you know you were going with a crew, it was just like, well, why would we not Airbnb and kind of split Mm -hmm. on cost? Yeah, that that was it. We had a group, so we didn't want to do the hotel route. But some of my other friends did stay in a hotel. I want to say it was the Waldorf Astoria, which was only about a block from our Airbnb. I know one of them was James, so I know he used points. I think if I had to judge, it'd probably be like three or 400 a night for that spot. It was a really nice hotel. Yeah, well, Waldorf Astoria, just in general, let alone in a popular place like New Orleans. But yeah, I mean... What you're saying for the Airbnb makes a lot of sense, especially if you're going with a group of people. So 300 a night uh, or 300 for the two nights, right? Not necessarily too bad. But I can imagine, though, hotel rooms, depending on, especially in close proximity, could get expensive. But even still, based off of what you're saying, I'm surprised it's not completely outrageous. Pricey, but not outrageous. Yeah, absolutely. It was pleasantly surprised. I was going to say, what do drink prices go for like over there? Because again, it's been a long time since we've been in New Orleans. And I know you said things are outrageous. Do you know or were you able to tell if they mark up the prices of beers in the bars or drinks during Mardi Gras time or if it pretty stays consistent? If they were marking it up, I couldn't really tell. I, I didn't think that anything was insanely expensive. You know, a beer, let's just say six or seven bucks for, you know, whatever kind of beer. The daiquiris, probably more like 15, 20 for kind of a big one, but not insanely huge, like a six foot tall one. Um, But yeah, I I wasn't taken aback by the pricing of drinks. Well, that definitely sounds normal. So during a big festivity like that, it's nice to know that they're not price gouging in that sense. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's awesome. One of the other things that we were researching and grappling with is the idea of watching the parades from the grandstand, which are essentially bleachers, and they are assigned seats and tickets that you need to purchase ahead of time. There were some grandstands that you could walk up and purchase a ticket to as well, but obviously that depends on how busy they are. We ultimately did not end up buying grandstand seated tickets. We did not sit at all during the parade or any of the parades that we saw, mainly because we were there a short amount of time. We were there to experience the place, so we wanted to be walking around and exploring and whatnot. You certainly could get grandstand seated tickets, especially if you have a big group. That would be super fun to do or you have your designated spot, it's a little bit easier for parades to throw things and you be able to catch them. Then if you're on the street, it's a little bit harder, but we still caught plenty of stuff just standing on the street corner. Well, that's good to know that you don't necessarily need it, but I can imagine it could be useful, like you said, uh, should you want that or for a specific crew and see. But do they have any grandstands in Fringe Quarter? Because I know we were just talking about space earlier, or is this more on the main streets kind of leading in? I don't think they had any grandstands and the big parades like there was one I watched that was I think like called Titan or something like that. And so they had these big, huge Titan armored. I don't even know what they were made out of. They were giant. They were like six foot, 10 foot tall, maybe more, 20 foot tall. They were huge on top of the float. So you need a big street for floats like that to go down. And that's where the grandstand would be on some of those bigger main streets. As far as like French Quarter Bourbon, they're getting a little small and those are going to be more of your walking parades, no grandstands. Hey squaddies, we're taking a quick detour to tell you about a creepy new take on travel podcasts. The Last Trip is a thrilling blend of travel and true crime, diving into the chilling investigations of missing and murdered people who are living their best lives while on vacation. Join host Jamie Beebe, known for her solo travels across the globe and co-hosting the popular true crime podcast, Strictly Stalking, as she brings her unique perspective to The Last Trip. Drawing on her own travel experiences and a deep passion for true crime, Jamie explores the stories of those who embarked on amazing vacations but never made it home. Every Thursday, The Last Trip invites you on a journey to relive someone's final days in paradise. Immerse yourself in compelling true crime narratives while also gaining valuable travel tips, discovering exciting destination ideas, and learning essentially safety precautions for your next vacation. Whether you're a true crime enthusiast, a travel lover like we are, or someone looking for a unique podcast experience, The Last Trip has something for everyone. Don't miss out on this combination of suspense and wanderlust. Listen to The Last Trip on all major podcast platforms. And now let's get back to our episode. And I know you said you guys stayed in Fringe Quarter, which if you're in New Orleans in general, outside of Mardi Gras, is kind of really the whole central area of just kind of nightlife and all sorts of fun. So obviously conducive for being in that spot during Mardi Gras. What are some areas... What are some other areas in New Orleans that you would potentially recommend staying for Mardi Gras? Great question. And I'm glad we're going over this because really all of this and the reason we wanted to do this episode was, you know, the information is not that readily available. It's it's out there and it's all in different places and, and you can find it and podcasts like this or TikToks or articles really help you. But I read so many articles on where to stay or the information about Mardi Gras and you have to kind of be a little bit of an investigator to figure it out. There are neighborhoods in New Orleans that you really don't want to stay in. And 
there are some rougher neighborhoods. So the three that I would recommend that are safe bets are the French Quarter. You're going to be right in the mix of things. You're going to have cute options. The architecture there is gorgeous. Walking distance to everything. Perfect. The Central Business District is another one that is a little bit farther away. So you might have to take the cable car or Uber type thing to get into the French Quarter or walk, but it'd probably be like 30 minute walk or so. Central Business District has a lot of hotels and a lot of your chain hotels. So your Marriott, your uh, Wyndham type hotels. So if you're coming as a family or looking to save money, that's a good neighborhood to stay in. And then the other one is the Garden District. Also walking distance to French Quarter, you're looking probably like 20, 30 minute walk depending where you're at. But it's a very, very beautiful neighborhood with like the old houses, the gorgeous architecture flora and sauna everywhere. So even if you don't stay here, I do recommend walking down this area and just taking it all in. And I think, I know you said the kind of the information is out there, but you got to do a little bit of digging. I think those three spots are really good locations, but with any city, some locations are not very good to stay at. And I remember our time when we were in New Orleans, when we were staying at one of the hotels, it was within what, 10, 15 minutes walking to Mm -hmm. Fringe Quarter. And they said these are very safe paths to go to anywhere in the Fringe Quarter. But they said literally this is the defined area of the Fringe Quarter. You go a block or two in another direction and you could be in a rough neighborhood or area of the city that you don't want to be in. I don't say that to discourage anybody from going, but definitely be mindful about where you book. And of course, be mindful when you're there about where you go. Yeah, for sure. I mean, even walking back to our Airbnb from the French Quarter still could be sketchy at a certain part of night and if you're just with girls and you know you've been drinking so it's Mm -hmm. you just have to do your best to stay safe the one thing i will say though is if you can stay close enough that's walking distance to the french quarter and bourbon street i would really urge you to do so because the first time i went to new orleans it wasn't mardi gras it was in november we stayed in the North Marginy area, which was close enough, but we never ended up walking to the French Quarter. We always Ubered. And so it's kind of a pain in the ass to call a car for everything. And then even then that neighborhood, I wouldn't necessarily want to walk around in it. So I kind of learned my lesson my first trip. And then this one was like, no, we're staying closer to the French Quarter. Well, speaking of which, then how would you get around? Did you guys rent a car? And of course, if you're confined to one area, you don't really necessarily probably need a car if you're not exploring far. So what options are there? Of course, you mentioned walk, and if you're close enough, great option. But other than that, what would you recommend? I would not recommend renting a car. One, you don't really need it. If you're going to stay close enough to walk, you're going to mostly be walking. And a lot of streets are closed down for the parades, so you can't really even drive to a lot of them. Parking is a bitch, so you're not going to want to have a car to take along with you. You're probably going to be drinking, so you definitely don't want to be driving. So I don't think you need a car. Walking is definitely your best bet. Definitely wear comfortable shoes because you will be doing a lot of walking. The other thing is the streetcars, which is really unique to New Orleans. And it's just fun to ride them, even if you're not using it to get from from point A to point B. I would highly recommend getting on there, checking it out, having the experience. But it's also a really good option to transport you, especially if you're staying in like the central business district. You can hop on the streetcar and get into the French Quarter within a couple minutes. 
Just keep in mind, though, for some of the days, the parade route could conflict with the streetcar route. And so they will cancel some streetcars. So look on their website, check the routes, make sure you're not counting on that if it is going to be shut down for a certain period of time. I'm super excited because, like I mentioned, we are going to New Orleans. We actually are doing some other things, so we will have a car. But the hotel we picked, we can pay to park. But I was just looking right now as we're recording this, and we are literally a two-minute walk from Bourbon Street. We are, like, Ooh. right in the French Quarter. And the reason why I picked this hotel, it's called Hotel Mazarin, and it looks nice. It has, like, really good reviews on um, Expedia. But one of the reasons that I picked it was because you get a free bottle of wine upon check-in with, like, the Expedia reward system that I have. So I think I'm, like, I don't know, probably, like, a silver or platinum or whatever. And so it was, like, free bottle of wine on check-in. Okay, that's great. We're two-minute walk from Bourbon Street. So I'm really excited about where we're staying. Well, not only two-minute walk from Bourbon Street, we're right by Canal Street, which Canal Street is the main street that has the streetcars. There are on other areas too, but that's kind of the main thoroughfare area. So, you know, to your point earlier when you were saying if you're coming from Mardi Gras, kind of stay in Fringe Quarter if you can, that's the prime time area. For sure. And I did forget to mention too, another way you can watch the parades is by the balconies of your hotel or restaurants. And some restaurants will also sell a pass to be on that balcony, but it's a great spot to see it from above. And you can even throw beads down to people and join the action. So check those out if you're interested there. That's a good time. So did your Airbnb have an overlook of the street with a balcony to see any of the parades or did you go to any of the restaurants and do that or that's just a little tip of what you saw but didn't get to experience we didn't do any of that again we just kind of wanted to walk around and experience it but a lot of the restaurants that we ate at were selling tickets to their balconies and then our airbnb didn't actually have a balcony and it was a little off of canal street so it, it was fine though you literally don't need to buy tickets for anything to enjoy the parades but there are options if you do want to be posted up or you're with a group so one thing I wanted to dive into, because Kim, you're all about the fashion all of the time. And Mardi Gras, you know, starts in January, goes into February, sometimes March or April. So weather could be mm-hmm. during that time of the year. It could be cold, it could be rainy, or it could be a little warmer and humid if uh, if Easter is later in the year as well. So um, what would you recommend wearing or bringing? Yeah, weather is kind of a pain in the ass this time of year because it could be warmer. It could be very cold. Like when I went, it was very cold. I had a jacket, gloves, beanie. It was cold. But what I would recommend is checking the weather as the date gets closer. The weather changes so much in the south, so it could be predicting sun, and then all of a sudden it's raining, and then you have the whole season, right? So the weather is likely to change uh, amongst those several weeks that the season goes on for. Three colors that you do want to wear are green, purple, and gold. Everyone's wearing green, purple, and gold. Everyone goes crazy with their outfits. I'm talking like sequins and satin and boas and like beads everywhere. It's just wild. It's a fun time to really lean into it and wear some of the crazy stuff. I didn't even plan that crazy of outfits. I had like earrings that I got off Amazon that were purple and gold and green. And maybe I had a green shirt. It was like cute with feathers on it. But I kind of regretted not going more in just because everyone else is so dressed up and so into it. Oh, reminds me of Oktoberfest where I like really wanted to get into Uh, it. uh. And, you know, I got myself an outfit and then like 
whoever the other people I went with were like, oh no, we're not going to do that. And then we get there and everyone is dressed up in lederhosen and drindles and all of that. And um, well, I didn't think it was going to be a situation where people weren't dressed up like it. You know, <laughs> I think highly of myself sometimes, but then sometimes I think to myself, I know what my fashion can pull off and <laughs> I can't pull off a lederhosen look, you know? So I wanted Brittany to stand out and shine in her dendril uh, okay. is really what I wanted to do. But when we go to New Orleans, are you going to wear some green, purple, and gold? I'm going to wear a green, purple, and gold like man G-string thong just for you. Whoa. wild out there, Brittany. <laughs> We can't wait to show pictures. Uh, I'm definitely not going to do that. That was for sure a joke. Uh, there, there, there's that level of uh, I know I can't pull that off type situation right there. So, but speaking just of outfits in general, did you get a mask? Because I know the masks are very popular. Oh yeah. So I didn't get a mask, but that's another thing about Mardi Gras are the balls. People, there's balls all over the city, and they're like your old school ball gown dance balls. So you'll see a ton of people dressed to the nines, head to toe, going to these balls. A lot of those people were wearing masks. Very nice. And I know you said people can really just accessorize, get the green, purple, gold, etc. But if are there any particular type outfits, clothes, other than the masks that people should get in advance? Or I'm sure, obviously, that stuff is readily available there to buy because as a matter of fact you know just the only other comparison of type of event like this Brittany and I have to compare to is Oktoberfest that's why we keep mentioning it they said all over the place oh you could find dendrils you could find lederhosen all over the place and they sold them in shops but you didn't have to go looking for them but they weren't readily available and what was available was exponentially like expensive mm -hmm. so in terms of like clothing in New Orleans, if you're going to dress up and do that, is it available and easy to find? And if so, is it expensive or cheap? It is readily available. There's people walking around selling stuff, people posted up on the street selling stuff, and everything from like the classic white sweater with the blue, gold, or not blue, purple, gold, green stripes. There's tons of stuff, tons of beads, like all of that's there. It isn't exorbitantly priced. I think it was fine. Like if you were to buy it there, you'd be totally fine. So Jamal, there's really no excuses for you this time. Nice. <laughs> all right, good. Well, then that, when I go to Mardi Gras, I know I'm good to go. One thing I wanted to ask, but I'm not sure if you d dove into this at all, was there's actually some like history of voodoo culture in New Orleans. Did you mm -hmm. see any of that or go into any shops and like experience any of that? I did the first time I went to New Orleans, but this last time we went for Mardi Gras, I didn't go into any shops and I didn't really see much out on the streets either. So funny story, my dad's girlfriend, Stephanie, she went to New Orleans a long, long time ago. And while she was there, she went into a voodoo shop and she got this little doll that was like a little voodoo doll and it's a success goddess. And so I didn't know about it. But one day when we were living in our condo in Mission Valley, one of our roommates noticed that in our bookshelf, there is this voodoo success goddess there. And she completely freaked out. Like, that wasn't there before. Where did it come from? So I finally just had my dad is notorious for leaving little knickknacks and stuff in our house, sneaking Christmas ornaments on our Christmas tree. We just got back from a trip recently and it was around Halloween and they had this little cat shaped container and they put it by like Age of Hours food bowl. So we came back. There's that too. So I asked my dad, I'm like, did you put this voodoo success goddess in my bookshelf? And he goes, oh, I was seeing how long it would take you to notice it. How long was it there before you noticed? I want to say about a month. 
<laughs> I didn't even notice. Well, we didn't even notice it. Our old roommate noticed it um, and was definitely freaked out about it. But yeah, Brittany's dad, like she said, he'll always leave little knickknacks around just to see like how long it takes for us to notice something's added or missing or doing this and that. So, but we, we still, still have, have that little voodoo success doll in our home from New Orleans. Yeah, because I feel like if I get rid of it or give it up now, like I don't want to have that bad karma or juju. I know, that's stuck with us for life. But... <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm going to have it forever. Now. Hey, you guys have been having success, so I think it's working. I think so too. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, Kim, was there anything else you wanted to say about Mardi Gras in general? I think I covered most of what I know. There's obviously a ton more you can do. You can stay a lot longer than I did. I'm Kim over 30 and I can't last more than two days in New Orleans. So if you do like pace yourself because it is it's a wild time, but it's really, really fun. And I think everyone should experience it at least once in their life. Was there any restaurant that stood out to you while you were there? Any restaurant? Mm -hmm. No, Brittany, nobody eats in New Orleans, especially not on Mardi Gras. <laughs> just kidding actually it's quite the opposite you do want to make sure that you're eating because if you are going to be drinking and then walking around all day you definitely want to get food in there's two places that i ate on this trip during mardi gras both require reservations so book early both of them are absolutely amazing the first one is called luke's i recommend it for dinner it's your classic cajun new orleans menu great restaurant amazing french 75 Really, really good red beans and rice, fried chicken. Mm, I still think about it to this day. It's so good. And you said that was called Luke's? Luke's. Really good. So Luke's is on, it's off of Canal Street down the road just a little bit. And there's a bunch of other restaurants there. I think Tin Roof is another one that was on my list and also has the balconies that you can rent out. The other place that we went the Sunday morning was the Court of Two Sisters. It's a live jazz brunch buffet. 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 Mm -hmm. the, the food was so good. A lot of your classic Southern Cajun type dishes. Red beans and rice all day. They had a ton of desserts, and, but you definitely need a reservation and your whole party needs to be there before they'll sit you. Those are two places I would go if I were you. You two, like you are. You're going, so hit those places up. Oh, I can't wait to visit them and eat some good food. Well, you keep saying red beans and rice. Did you have any gumbo or jambalaya or shrimp and grits? Or Well, oh. you wouldn't eat the shrimp and grits. Take <laughs> that back, but. Um, jambalaya, yes, and gumbo, yes. But the red beans and rice is my favorite, and New Orleans does it the best. Well, of course. I know they're famous for it, but you know what's so funny is when I think of New Orleans, I think of those two things that I just really said, jambalaya and gumbo. And believe it or not, when Brittany and I were there, we had turtle soup that was good. So oh, yeah, that's that was actually nice. really interesting. But we didn't do the red beans and rice, and now I'm like fired up on red beans and rice. <laughs> you mentioned it multiple times in that little food section right there. And actually, the best gumbo I had in New Orleans was on my first trip there outside of Mardi Gras, and it was bought off the back of someone's truck who just posted up and was starting to serve it and sell it. Oh, wow. Uh, and somebody's slinging some gumbo, huh? I love it. It was good. It was cold night and some hot, fresh gumbo. Mmm. Mmm. Well, why don't you dive into your favorite portion of the episode, questions of the week. All right. So question number one coming, Stacy from Houston. She's asking, is Mardi Gras really expensive? Stacy, I know you're concerned about money, 
but it wasn't expensive. And like maybe if you go on Fat Tuesday, that would be a little bit different. I was there a couple of weeks before. I did not feel like it was expensive. That's really good to know. And I know we touched upon that a little bit before talking about it too, but it still really shocks me. And I find that to be really nice that they don't mark things up during that time. Now, you can go to like Luke's, which is a little bit higher end dinner, and you're looking at, you know, 30, maybe 40, depending on if it's seafood or steak or whatever. But there's also a lot of more affordable, you know, fried chicken spots you can just walk into. So there's room for all price ranges. And as far as hotels and drinks and whatnot, pretty middle of the road. And not only that, that's we talked about earlier, open container. If you don't want to buy from establishments, and even if they're moderately priced or priced appropriately for what you would expect in a bar... Just buy your own booze from the store and just walk around with it in those backpacks that you're saying to carry, and then you're good to go. Absolutely. And we did that a bunch too. (laughs) Second question is coming from Lauren from Pennsylvania. And Lauren is asking, how crowded does it get? Did you feel safe? Really, really good question. So as far as crowds go, when I was there, yes, there's a lot of people, but it was never where you're like shoulder to shoulder bumping into people. There was one dance bar that we went into where it was pretty crowded and, you know, you're putting yourself in a dance bar situation, so it's probably going to be crowded. But as far as like the parades and whatnot, we could see, we could catch beads. We didn't feel like we were getting crowded and snuffed out. It was great. Safety wise, you have to make sure you're paying attention and you're being safe because there's a lot of situations you can put yourself in where you're not so safe. And I saw plenty of people do that. I personally always felt safe, but I was also staying aware. Even though I was drinking, I wasn't drinking to the point of blacking out. We walked back to our Airbnb every night. So well, Kim over 30, you're keeping yourself modest and uh, aware. Oh, I still partied. We went to bed at like 5 a.m., Jamal, so you need to give me some credit. <laughs> All right. I, I'm, I'm giving you credit. I'm just saying, you know, Kim over 30, you're not going blackout style is what you're saying is all. Yeah. But you're still rallying. Exactly. I went a little less hard than I did when I was like 29 and been to New Orleans the first time. where it was almost nocturnal. So yeah, you can be safe. Just pay attention. Well, I love it. You know, I think Mardi Gras sounds like an exceptional time all around for the cultural aspect, the fun aspect, the culinary aspect, all sorts of different things and a great all-American city in terms of history too. So I can't wait for our trip to New Orleans. Now that I'm looking at the dates, I think we're going to be there after Fat Tuesday based off of when Lent starts this year. So that's a little bit unfortunate for us. But nevertheless, we're going to have to make it back one of these days to experience a Mardi Gras. Yeah, absolutely. You guys will still have fun. And my last thing I will say about the bathrooms. I didn't mention anything about bathrooms. So there's not a lot of public restrooms. If you're going to use the bathroom, you're probably going to have to go in, buy a drink, and then use the restaurant bathroom. Bring your own toilet paper just in case. Good to know. (laughs) And with that, squaddies, thank you so much for tuning into our episode this week. Make sure to keep the adventures going with us by following us everywhere on social media, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and send us in your questions of the week. If you found the information in this episode to be useful, or if you thought we were just plain funny, please be sure to share it with a friend that would enjoy it too. And as always, please subscribe, rate and review our podcast, and tune in every Travel Tuesday for new episodes. Stay tuned for next week's episode. We have some more amazing adventures and tips in store for you. Bye, Bye, Bye. Bye.